Can children be demonized? Yes, you heard me correctly. The question is, can children be demonized? Now, I'm not talking about demon possession. That conjures up a whole different topic altogether. Uh, we think of that crazy movie, Rosemary's Baby, that came out many years ago, and, and that just stirs our imagination. That's not what we're talking about here. The question is, can children be influenced, oppressed, depressed, um, controlled in any way by demonic influence. Now, we know that Satan cannot possess us as Christians. Um, uh, let me clarify this. He can't jump into our spirit. If we've invited Jesus to be the Lord of our lives, the Holy Spirit dwells within us. Satan can't just come in and boot him out of the way and, and move in. We are bought with the price of the precious blood of Jesus. It's the Holy Spirit who possesses us as a part of our own free will that we have given to him. And so uh, in the same way that an individual can open the door of their heart and their minds and their souls to the Lord Jesus Christ and to the Spirit of God, we also have the ability to open our hearts, our minds, and our souls and give our wills over to demonic influences, many times not even realizing that that's what happens. Um, it can come in through even tra uh, trauma, uh, uh, things uh, that we wouldn't expect uh, that would be a door, but that's a whole different discussion, um, but it, it's one that we probably should have at some point in the future. But I want to keep hammering away at this whole thing of whether or not children can be demonized because according to the Bible, it can happen. We have two examples in the New Testament where Jesus, who cast out demons on a fairly regular basis, had two experiences uh, where he cast demons out of children. One is in the book of Matthew, the 17th chapter, where the, the father came, brought his son to Jesus, said, I brought my son to your uh, disciples and they couldn't get him set free. Can you help us? And they had a conversation. Jesus asked him some questions about the young man and, and the father says, uh, well, sometimes this demon will throw him into the water and sometimes he throws him into the fire. So apparently it was a suicidal demon a demonic attack trying to get the young man to commit suicide. And Jesus asked him the question, so how long has he been like this? The father says, since he was a little boy. There you have it. Then the uh, Gentile mother came to Jesus. And she did not have her daughter with her at that time, but she said, Jesus, can you please help us? This is the story, if you remember, where uh, Jesus says, well, I'm called to the house of Israel. I'm not called to um, Gentiles, and so I really can't help you. And she says, yes, but master, but even the dogs get the crumbs from the master's table. Remember that story? That's an interesting story. But there again, uh, Jesus said to the mother, because of your faith, your unusual faith, your daughter is set free right now. Jesus didn't even have to speak to the daughter, lay hands on her, but it was a young girl and he delivered her from demonic oppression. Okay, so we have biblical precedence that this can happen. Now, this is like the most unthinkable thing that we would ever want to think uh, of a child. Um, and, and yet we are going to, I have felt stirred in the last couple of months. I, I just all of a sudden, it's like the Holy Spirit just has begun to stir my heart to become uh, more alert 
of what's happening in our children's ministries, not just here or around the world in places like Africa, but right here in the United States, because I have, I am fully convinced that we are going to start seeing demonic activity in some of the lives, actual demonic manifestations of the, of, of the evil spirits in some of the children who are coming to our churches. And we as children's ministers are going to have to be prepared for this. As the Holy Spirit began to bring this to my mind, I happened to meet a, a, past, a children's pastor in Flint, Michigan, that told me as we were visiting that that exact thing happened to her in her children's ministry. Her name is Pastor Hermelin Barrios. She and her husband are actually from Central and South America. I'm going to let them uh, explain that to you. And this gives them a little bit of more experience than most of us in the United States have had. But she told me that during a worship service in their Christian school, where they had both children and teenagers had come into the same auditorium as the worship began, that this young 15-year-old girl began to have full-blown manifestations of, de- of demons. I'm going to let her tell you a little bit more about this now. I am from Nicaragua. That's a country in Central America. Okay. And when I was five years old, my parents migrated to the U.S. and we came specifically to Miami, Florida. Yeah, every so often I go and I visit family. Um, I'm going to say I've been in Nicaragua about five times. Okay. So it's still, you know, I, I know the culture. I know the language. I know the food. So his parents are, are pastors. They're okay. missionary pastors. And they were called from Uruguay to start a church in Bolivia. Um, and he was 17 years old when they did that move. And they've okay. been pastoring in Bolivia since. Hermelin, can you tell us what happened to you in the chapel that day with that little girl who began to manifest demons? Absolutely. So I'm just going to give you a little bit of, of a backstory. Um, in the beginning of every year, we go into a prayer and a fasting for 21 days where we consecrate that time to the Lord for guidance for renewal, just asking the Lord, like, okay, God, what do you have this new year? What do you have in store for us personally? What do you have in store for us as a family? What do you have for us as in ministry? And one of the things that God downloaded to me that in this year and in the coming, that we were going to see a mass um, deliverance, that we were going to see deliverance being back again in the forefront. Um, And I was like, okay, Lord, I, I was like, Because we've seen deliverance before, but for him to really say that we were going to see that again, um, that really shook me. So that was in the beginning of the year. And then um, I'm going to say around March, the Lord said, I want you to make this announcement. I want you to put this out there that deliverance is going to come back again to the forefront that because there's so many people that are oppressed, they are um, just really oppressed by the enemy. And that's going to come back again, we're going to start seeing deliverance again. So that I posted that on my personal Facebook page. I I usually don't do that. Anytime the word the Lord gives me a a word, personally, I keep it to myself. Uh, But this word, the Lord said, I want you to post it. So you will see that on my Facebook page where I I said, we're going to start seeing deliverance again, because too many people are oppressed. That was in March. Um, And then I am in charge of the children's pastor. Our our church has a school. 
and I am in charge of the chapel for the elementary age. And we do have our youth, youth pastor who is in charge of the chapel for teenagers, for middle school all the way to high school. And I got a message from the principal and he said, you know, I really would love for both chapels to be combined for the National Day of Prayer, which is a Thursday. That was May 4th. And he's like, I would love for elementary and our youth to come together on the National Day of Prayer and pray together. I would like to see the kids. I would like to see the youth, the um, the teachers to come and pray. So I said, okay, absolutely. We normally do it at, at separately. We don't combine the chapels because of the message that we bring and, and just the, the age difference. Right. But that one time he really wanted us to come together. Well, National Day of Prayer comes and we all come into the auditorium and um, the presence of God is just so beautiful. We're worshiping the little ones from kindergarten all the way to our seniors. We were all together worshiping, praising the Lord. Our youth pastor was the one leading worship and we had a couple of teens leading with him as well. Um, and it was just so beautiful. Then we come together to the front to pray. And I was handed the mic to go ahead and lead prayer. And as it was just very simple, Pastor Becky. I just said, Jesus, we welcome you. We thank you that you are here. And I was not even done with all of a sudden, this young lady, she drops on the floor. She starts screaming and yelling. And it was a full-blown manifestation. There was wow. groaning. Oh, it was like I, I opened my eyes. I looked at the youth pastor. I said, I know exactly what's happening. I gave the mic back to the youth pastor and I said, okay, guys, I went. Um, there was a couple of teachers there. I said, I need you to pray in, in, in tongues. I said, we're going to plead the blood of Jesus. And I started addressing the demon. How old was that girl? Well, she is a teenager. Uh, she was about 15 years old. And you know, what's, what's curious is, is that that was her first week in our school. Really? That was her first week. She had just started Monday, and this happened that Thursday. She was wow. a brand new student. Um, what I found out is this child had come from a, a, a public school, and she had been bullied, and she had gone through a lot of things. So her parents reached out to our school and say we would really like her to start coming to this school, even though it was it was in May. So we were really close to the end of the school year when she started. Well, she starts that Monday. And on that Thursday, she got set free. I've often wondered, what did you do with the other children that were in that room? Were they just standing there watching what was going on? I mean, what was the atmosphere like? And, and what were they, were they scared? What was going on? Absolutely. So when this is taking place, where, where this child is yelling, screaming, um, I, I go to where she is. I give the mic to the youth pastor. And of course, you, you have little ones. You have kindergarten kids who are looking, you know, they're scared. You have the older kids that are like, what is happening? Like, what is taking place here? Well, that opened a huge discussion a discussion from our parents because they started calling and like, what happened? What's taking place? Our kids are telling us that someone was demon possessed was and manifesting like what is taking place. So this opened a huge conversation, not only with the parents, but also with the kids, because as, as we were ministering deliverance, um, our youth pastor was telling them like, Hey guys, this is real, you know, and we have a responsibility to set the captives free. 
And this is something when when you when you open doors to the enemy, they come in. A follow-up question I've had is as as you were going through and ministering to this girl, what did that exactly look like? I mean, did you have men pinning her down to the ground like the stories that we we hear about? And I mean, what did you do? What did you say? Um, uh, because you know we have all these images in our minds of what deliverance looks like. And I'm just wondering what your experience was. You're in the middle of a group of other children. So tell us what was going on. And, and mind you, this was chapel. This wasn't, this wasn't a special event. This wasn't like a, a, a full band, you know, Elda. No, it was just a chapel where we were just going to seek the Lord in prayer. And boy, God showed up. So um, she's laying on the floor and she's screaming on the top of her lungs and, 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 the sound, Pastor Becky, it's it's like it's horrible. Like it's like what is going on here? That it's not her speaking. It's because she's a young girl. She's a young lady, and what's coming out of her? It's it's a, it's it's demonic. That's yeah. the best way that I can say it. So she's laying on the floor. I'm I'm laying. I'm putting my hands on her. I'm laying my hands on her, and I'm saying, I know that you're there. Come out in the name of Jesus, and. Oh, what what the demon responded was no, because they don't want to leave. They That's don't right. want to leave. And I said, you need to come out in the name of Jesus. And I would I, I spoke the girl's name and I said, well, she no longer belongs to you. She belongs to Jesus. And she was tossing and turning and she was um spitting. Um, she was groaning like, you know, all the it was it was a full manifestation. How long did the actual deliverance process take? How long did it take you to do this? Well, um, normally our, our chapel takes about an hour and it took close to that. Okay. We were done close to where we were like, because we leave at 3.30. That's when everything is done because it's right before um, we get dismissed. Mm -hmm. And close to the time, we actually, it, it got a little bit extended. Because parents were actually waiting outside, like, okay, where is my child? You know, why is it taking so long for our kids to come out? And that's what really brought the discussion of what was taking place in chapel. All the kids were like, what is happening? You know, why did this happen? Why is it that this young girl is manifesting this way? My, my kids have been exposed to that before, so they're familiar with that. But a lot of these kids, they're not. No, they they've only seen it in Hollywood. You know, they, yeah. they think or maybe they read in the story. It takes 10 seconds to read it. But to actually see it right before your eyes, I believe God set us up. I yeah. believe that this was uh, for us to open our eyes to the reality of the spirit realm. And so there was there... no excuse. All the kids got to see it. Did any of the other teachers that were in the room come and help you or were you just doing this all by yourself? What was going on with with the other adults in the room? I had two teachers with me. Um, I did ask them. There was a, a male and a female. And I did ask them. I said, this is what I want you to do. I want you to pray in tongues and plead the blood of Jesus. I'm going to address the demon because it's not the child. You right. see, when we when we do these um, deliverances, we, we do it out of love. 
out of yeah. compassion because we want to see the captives be set free. Yes. And and after that, after that happened, I, I went back to my office, Pastor Becky, and I got on my knees and I and I said, God, what what an honor. Like out of all the elementary schools, out of all the Christian schools in our area, that you would bring this child to us yeah. and entrust us to help her get set free. That really that's that's an honor. That is so humbling. And I think that we are going to see this more frequent. We're yeah. going to see this happening if we allow God to do what he wants to do. And one last question. When the young girl was set free, what did that look like? So after we, um, after I did deliverance, after I, I spoke to the demons and it was like, it was a wrestling because they don't want to leave. You know, they've been there who knows how long and they refused to leave. And Holy Spirit was helping me address what were some of the things that were oppressing this child? Rejection, abuse, fear, uh, because we partner with the Holy Spirit. He is the one that does it. We're, we're just a vessel. Right. We're just a vessel for him to do what he wants to do. But when we partner with him, he was the one revealing, showing me, okay, this child has been exposed to this. This child has been exposed to that. Um, once we went through that deliverance process, she got up and she had the biggest smile on her face. Awesome. And I asked her, I said, how are you? How do you feel? She's like, I just felt like this burden was lifted off of me. And it was a completely change. I mean, it was, it was really an amazing moment to see that her, she had the biggest smile and she said, I felt like something, a burden lifted was lifted from me. 